0: Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly.
1: And this is Katie.
0: And you're listening to a very special episode of A Date with Dateline.
1: It's very special?
0: Well, it's a Thanksgiving episode.
1: Yes, it is. And we have much to be thankful for.
0: And in that it's a very special episode, we will be giving you advice about don't do drugs. Oh, no. Zach Morris (laughs) takes a break from scamming on girls to remind the kids out there, don't do drugs. That's what a very special episode is. So this episode is called 12 Minutes on Elm Street. Nothing good ever happens on an Elm Street, probably. No. This episode aired May 16th, 2014. Season 22, episode 47, hosted by some random lady named Kate Snow, I think. I think that's her name.
1: Thank goodness. I'm glad you didn't know who she was because I assumed that you would know everything about her and that she had, you know, also been a correspondent for X, Y, and Z, and I was an idiot for not knowing her, but I don't know her. Well, I mean, I've seen
0: her on old Datelines and shows like this, but she's not one of our core four now, so she's dead to me.
1: So we're not invested in her.
0: I'm only invested in the core four. Five, including Lester. And so she is seemed a little bit like an interloper. Does Lester count, though?
1: Lester doesn't get into the nitty-gritty of these cases.
0: He doesn't, but he wears vests, and that's enough for me.
1: You're easy to please. Yeah. I know what I'm wearing to Thanksgiving at your house. A vest. I'll be wearing a vest.
0: And yes. then i will you can enter.
1: be <laughs> great.
0: Come on in. Done. So Kate Snow, the interloper, she was fine. She's Andrea Light.
1: Oh, good. Yeah, Andrea Light's a good description.
0: So this episode we picked... I asked our friends on Twitter for a Thanksgiving episode, and was reminded of this one that I had seen many times as I believe you had seen it, but we had forgotten about it as Thanksgiving episode at the zero effect. reminded us. So thank you so much. Thank you.: Yes. This episode takes place in Little Falls, Minnesota. I have relatives in Minnesota. They do not listen you do. to this podcast. So I feel like I can still talk freely about them. In fact, I went through my voicemails. I was going to play some funny ones. Um, This episode is about two teenage cousins, Haley and Nicholas. Now, it's Nicholas Brady, not to be confused with Nicholas Brody from Homeland.
1: Oh, Lord. Different person.
0: And Haley is spelled Hale?
1: Hale with an E. Yeah, just Hale.
0: H-A-I-L-E. Okay. Yeah. So they disappear. Because Why not? Sure. Let's just not go by any rules. Let's it's have just, a birth just certificate. live in a just lawless society. <laughs> fine, I'm fine with that.
1: It's because you and I have the most boring names. Spelled I know the most boring way. I know when people You're say, "Is
0: there an e at the end?" I say, "No, no."
1: It's the normal way. It's Just
0: the same.
1: <laughs> Sometimes I get excited on when I go to coffee and they ask my name, and it says k-a-t-e-y or something weird somebody tries to zhuzh it up and mm. i get excited it's not like that
0: no it's, it's not judged. it's unjudged. so hale hale and nick hale
1: and, and nick yeah
0: yeah they disappear on thanksgiving and they don't show up for thanksgiving dinner family's very worried it's snowing outside and we know from the halloween party episode that in this area of the country people just die in the winter and then you don't find them until the snow melts in the spring that was our lesson learned.
1: Wait, but that wasn't a very special episode and we learned that.
0: So we can w- learn things why is this one... in any episode. This was not the episode that aired. This is a okay, separate so that's episode. Why very... I felt, felt like we were it.
1: also I felt like we were also going to be learning life lessons. I felt like it was a double. I have very a huge life lesson for you. Oh good. Okay, good. I need it probably.
0: No, I don't think you do this, but if you do, you're gonna get killed. So Okay, that's good. So the next day, Nicholas and Haley still haven't showed up. It's been a day now that they've been missing. They just missed Thanksgiving dinner. The family's freaking out, so they call the police. Meanwhile, at this other dude's house, Byron Smith, who's 64 years old and he's retired, there's a huge police presence outside. Something went down there. Now, Byron's neighbors say he used to be really fun and cool. He volunteered for Boy Scouts and he let the neighborhood kids play their band in his house, have band practice there. I would never agree to that.
1: Mm No. So he's A fledgling high school band. Oh, yeah, that does not sound yeah pleasant.
0: They are like practicing for Battle of the Bands or something. Sure, Everyone come on wants into to my be garage. The yeah.
1: yeah, no. <laughs> no.
0: They think they're Green Day? No. So <laughs> Lately, Byron had been acting different. He had been quieter. His house had been broken into a few times, and valuable things had been stolen. And he had become scared and paranoid and not sleeping. This day, where the police are there, apparently Byron had been at home when the burglars came back, and they broke into his house, and he shot and he killed them both. And in Minnesota law, you're allowed to do that if you think that your life is in danger. So the police go to Nick's family and they say, your son and your cousin, they were shot dead by this old man whose house they broke into. They were the intruders that Byron killed. So Nick's family cannot believe that Nick and Haley broke into someone's house. They're like, not my Nick. He would never do that. But he totally did it because it's on video.
1: Who are we interviewing here? We're we interviewing the mom and the of sister, Nick And the sister of Nick, who's also best friends with Haley, who's the cousin.
0: Correct, Imundo.
1: They're all related. Yes. Okay.
0: Nick used to work for Byron at his house. Was he a gardener?
1: Maybe projects?
0: Something like that. So he had gone from working for Byron to breaking into his house. He is shown on camera with Haley. They're casing the house, looking into windows. Nick breaks a window and sneaks in. And then Haley goes in after. Nick and his friend had apparently broken into Byron's house a month earlier and stolen thousands of dollars worth of valuables and two guns and in Nick's car they found stuff that he had stolen from other people's houses so Nick was a teenager but he was not the angel I think that his family made him out to be he was doing some pretty rough stuff he was breaking into several houses in this neighborhood
1: but they never say he was an angel they just they, don't talk about the bad stuff. They say he was fun.
0: They say and he like was like a fun, fun loving
1: guy. And they talk <laughs> about
0: he's like a baby to them, you know, he's their little brother.
1: Oh what's yeah, what's his name?
0: Nickel baby.
1: Nickel baby. They
0: call and I hate it. Obviously, Nick and Haley had broken in and a terrified Byron had shot them. Haley and Nick, when they broke into the house, they didn't have guns on them. So Sheriff Wetzel that was his last name, right?
1: Yeah, were you excited?
0: I was super excited. Wetzels pretzels, which we've been talking about a lot lately.
1: I'm expecting some maybe some envelopes filled with coupons. Could for, they sponsor us? For the holidays.
0: That would be amazing. I think They're they busy.
1: Can. They're busy getting on their own. They pumps care and more spice. than those
0: bastards at Auntie Ann's. See, maybe if we diss the other company, then Wetzels will come on board. Pro- Auntie Ann's is just fine. No, we want Wetzels.
1: I'm not partial to Wetzel's. I'm
0: taking a stand. You have to because that's the way you get them on well, board. Well, maybe
1: I'll take a stand for Auntie Anne's and then we'll get double. Oh, like a taste test, like Pepsi right. versus Coke. And they'll be like, we'll send Katie Auntie Anne's and we'll send Kimberly Wetzel's. And then if they send Wetzel send something better, I'll be like, Auntie Anne's, it'd be great if I had gotten a gift card.
0: Play them against each other.
1: Right. Like fools. But now this is all a moot point because we just talked about it how we're going to play them against each other. Oh,
0: yeah, we might have to cut that part out so they're not hip to our scheme.
1: Yeah, which is a good scheme.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Sheriff Wetzel's Pretzels is going to dig a little bit more into the scene because something doesn't feel right to him. First of Mm -hmm. all, Haley and Nick did not have guns on them. So technically, Byron probably couldn't have been that fearful of his life because they were unarmed. Second of all... Why are they only hearing about the shooting the day after it happened? Byron went to his neighbor and asked him to call the cops the day after Thanksgiving. And Wetzel's Pretzel says, why didn't you call us yesterday when you shot these kids? And Byron says, I didn't want to bother you guys on Thanksgiving Day. So that's just really weird. Right. Byron had been at his house with these two dead teenagers for 24 hours. Like he gone night. to
1: he'd gone to bed with them rolled up in the tarp. That's yeah. just
0: creepy. Yeah, and, that's pretty bad. Well, the family is worried about where are our kids, but he didn't want to bother the cops, so I guess he's a nice gentleman. Sure. The cops bring Byron down to the station to talk. He says he was terrified after the last break-in when his guns were stolen, and he was no longer willing to live in fear. This was a man torn down, he was taking a stand. So Byron had moved his truck a few blocks away so he could clean out his garage, he says. So the teens must have thought that he wasn't home. He heard the break-in. He was downstairs in his basement reading. He heard the footsteps coming down the stairs, and he shot, and it was Nick. And then a few minutes later, Haley came in, and he shot her. And he's telling the story, and there's this other sergeant think it was Lubert's. The sergeant thought that Byron was being too composed and too calm when he's retelling the story of how he shot these teenagers. Byron says that when Haley came into the house, he held up the gun at her and it jammed and Haley laughed at him in his face. And that kind of infuriated him. And so he shot her. And... The sergeant is thinking, why would this girl who has a gun being held on her laugh? That just doesn't seem right. And then Byron admits that Haley wasn't dead yet. She was lying on the floor. So he did, and I quote, a good clean finishing shot, like he's killing a deer or something that Mm -hmm. wasn't quite dead. And so he shot her six times total, which seems excessive. The sergeant doesn't know why Byron shot her when she's lying on the floor, unable to hurt him. Mm -hmm. She's no longer a threat, but he shoots her again and finishes it off. So they turn the case over to the grand jury because they don't know what to think. And Byron doesn't want to go home. So he stays with these friends of his and they hear him at night crying and apologizing out loud. He's very upset. I'm not sure about that. The Mm -hmm. town is very divided over this case. People were taking sides. I'm picturing a lot of yelling on Main Street, maybe in front of the dry cleaners or the little drugstore. Fights like, you're wrong about this. He did the right thing. He's a lot of standards. No, he was after those kids, but with Minnesota accents. That's what I'm picturing. And I think my cousins were probably in on it, too. Hmm. I know they took sides. So the two prosecutors doing the case were yelled at for taking the case even because they said he was allowed to. They don't call it stand your ground, but that's basically what it is. It's It's called castle doctrine. What is it called?
1: Castle doctrine. A man's house is his castle.
0: Okay. Interesting. That's what
1: you're able to shoot someone in your own home.
0: Right. Which they call stand your ground in Florida.
1: It's not called castle there too? No, it's called called castle everywhere. Oh, okay.
0: So the grand jury indicts him on two counts of first-degree murder. His lawyer is still saying that he was terrified, and that whole day that he waited to call the police, he was basically hiding in a closet, just terrified that maybe more burglars were going to come. The judge ruled that Nick's previous involvement in the burglary a month ago when the guns were stolen was irrelevant and inadmissible, which makes no sense to me.
1: Yeah. Why was that irrelevant? Because he was never charged.
0: Well, maybe because he wasn't charged. Maybe because Byron couldn't know for sure that it was the same burglar breaking in both times. But you would assume it was the same burglar. There's not like gangs of burglars around your town. And also your guns were stolen. So you would be scared that someone's going to come back with your guns. It doesn't make sense to me why that
1: wouldn't. I don't know why the judge wouldn't let it in. Also, there
0: was evidence that Nick and Haley had broken into another house, too, and they wouldn't let that go in either. So basically all of their prior break-ins, no, not allowed in. The prosecutors say that Byron wasn't scared. He was basically just an angry man that was determined to get revenge. It was a premeditated murder, and he had set a trap to kill these burglars. They think he moved his car on purpose down the street so it would look like he wasn't home to kind of lure in the burglars. And he wasn't in the basement just chilling and reading Harry Potter. He was waiting like a hunter. He had set the trap and he was waiting. Then we find out the big moment, which is Byron had made audio tapes. He had recorded the whole thing. He never told the investigators, but they found the tapes sitting there right there. On the shelf. Not that smart. Before the break in, Byron is whispering to himself in an extremely creepy way. First of all, anyone whispering that's a grown man, that's just kind of creepy. But the things that he's saying are very creepy. He says. Also, why
1: aren't you just talking out loud? You're alone. Just talk out loud. I talk straight up out loud to myself a lot.
0: He was trying to be quiet so the burglars wouldn't hear him and they would come in in case they were listening outside.
1: But what about after?
0: Then he's just trying to set the mood, the mood <laughs> of the murder. And you got to, he lit some candles and he spoke murder, in murder. a romantic whisper. Ugh. So before the murder, he's saying to himself, Wait, I can't, I feel like if I say it, I'm just going to creep myself out.
1: Do you want me to say it?
0: Yeah, say it. The, the left eye. <laughs> the left eye. He says, In, in your left, left eye. eye. In the left eye or in your left eye?
1: It says the left eye, and then it's either your left, I think it might be your left eye. I think it's in In your your left left
0: eye, eye. Mm -hmm. which coincidentally is where one of the six places that he shot Haley. He's basically planning out where he's going to shoot these burglars. He practices contacting a lawyer. I would say his acting skills need a tiny bit of work. He could maybe do some Meisner technique. He is very polite when he's practicing. He says, I realize I don't have an appointment, but I'd like to speak to one of your lawyers. I love that in his fantasy, he didn't make an appointment first. <laughs> he, he's talking to the receptionist. That's the part he's practicing of talking mm-hmm. to the receptionist, not right. what he would actually tell the lawyer that he just shot somebody. It's the
1: fantasy of making the actual appointment to talk to the lawyer. We're not That's, getting beyond that. It's one yeah. step at a time, Kimberly. <laughs> He'll practice the lawyer talk after he gets the appointment, but he needs to do this first. And He's very he, methodical. He's
0: very methodical. The 12 minutes in the title are from when Nick was first shot to when Haley was last shot. So Nick's mom stayed during the trial and listened to every word of the tape because she keeps saying she wants to make a fair judgment. She keeps saying she's – I don't know if she's telling the truth. She says she's willing to give Byron the benefit of the doubt that maybe he was scared. After Byron shoots Nick three times, you hear on the audio tape he says, You're dead. And then he uses a tarp to move Nick's body. Then 10 minutes go by and you hear Haley whispering Nick's name because she's come in and she's now looking for him. On the tape, instead of her laughing at Byron, she seems to be scared. She's saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, when he's holding the gun on her. And after he shoots her, he says, bitch. Mm -hmm. He says, cute. I'm sure she thought she was a big pro. Then he says, I don't see them as human. I see them as vermin. Mm -hmm. He's really psyching himself. uh, He sounds kind of deranged. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of goes off on the rails a little and says, I try to be a good person. I feel a bit safer now. Not completely safe. I'm still shaking a little. He's kind of unhinged. He sounds unhinged. He
1: does. He's trying to like check in with himself and he's doing a really bad job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I I did it. I I should feel safe. They've they're gone, but I'm still free. You know, he sounds like a man that has gone crazy with fear. That's sort of what the defense is saying, that he Mm -hmm. has just been driven nuts by these burglaries that have made Mm -hmm. him go insane. So the jury only takes four hours to decide. and They find him guilty of first degree murder with a life sentence in jail. Byron's friends think it's totally unfair, and the family thinks it's totally fair, and there's signs up all over town that say, we miss you, Nick and Haley. I kind of feel like they're negating the fact that they were breaking into this man's house and stealing guns, but they are still teenagers that died, so it's still sad. This town is still, I think, divided over this, but I think Byron has pretty much been made an enemy in the town. I think probably most people have turned against him at this point. That's the feeling feeling. I got.
1: Do you feel like that it's probably divided between the old and the young? I feel like most of the older people in the town are going to be on Byron's side and say, no, a man's house is his castle. He had every right to protect himself. Those scummy kids. And then all the kids in the town are like, no.
0: Yes. I think our
1: friends.
0: I think anyone who remembers what it's like to be a teenager and to not really think about consequences mm-hmm. and doing things that might be illegal, but you think of them as... Pranks, maybe, it's is going to think yeah. they didn't deserve it. But anyone that's older and law-abiding and mm-hmm. a property owner and especially older people who are scared by the way society's moving and the violence that's going on and things like that might say, well, yeah, I've, I'm scared, too, that I'm going to get broken into. I would do anything to protect my house. I understand both sides because I'm closer to a teenager than this guy's age. But I was definitely not that kind of teenager. And I knew at any age that you're not supposed to break into people's houses and steal guns. And to me, that elevates it from just like a prank. You're not TPing someone's house. This is really serious crimes that you're committing. Mm -hmm. Like these are felonies, thousands of dollars that you're stealing. And you are terrorizing people by going back to the same house. So part of me is picturing those horror movies. It's like Cape Fear. You're in the house and if are they going to come back? They come back many times. Now they have your guns. Mm -hmm. I would be terrified too. So I I get it. But the way he did it, definitely the tapes showed a completely different side. Mm -hmm. And then it paints them more as these prey. But I mean, they didn't have to break into his house just because the car was not there.
1: They didn't. They were
0: taking advantage of this old man who he used to work for. Right. So I don't think we should idealize these people and make them out to be angels, but right. they didn't deserve to die. What do you think? Not.
1: I don't know. If I was on a jury, I would have found him guilty.
0: Yeah. He,
1: because of how he was talking after.
0: I would have too, but I can totally see how an older man living by himself in the dead of winter yeah. becomes paranoid. Right. It's just dark and freezing and you're stuck in your house and you're by yourself and your thoughts kind of go wild in the dark and you become kind of crazy. And if yep. your house had been broken into multiple times, I can totally see how you could become unhinged. And so I would have gone for some sort of mental insanity break Yeah, I'm type surprised of defense. That, I'm
1: surprised that they didn't do that. Based on his age and sort of what was happening and how he acted afterwards, why they didn't go for temporary insanity or something. Well, we were just watching
0: the Minden die case yesterday, and they were talking about that rule that they used to use, which was kind of a false self-defense like you felt you were in danger but you weren't actually in danger but you could be found innocent if it was shown that your false perception was realistic enough to you that you felt like you were in danger
1: oh yeah that would have applied in and that kind kind of would have
0: applied but i think they that defense is not really used anymore i think that's what they said during menendai
1: I think they can't use it. I think it's not allowed to be used. It's not gotcha. like a, a. You can't argue that defense anymore. Anymore.
0: It's done. Hmm. Interesting. What did okay. you find out about the case outside that you wanted to talk about?
1: Oh, well, I listened to the entire recording from the basement and I listened to the entire police interview that he okay. came in and did afterwards. Okay. So both were really interesting. And I would also like to recommend that people listen to them. It's creepy, though. So just so obviously Dateline can't sort of go into the actual when they're dying. Um, When Haley comes down the stairs, the the stuff that they left out that I thought was important is that he shoots her and he goes up to her because he shoots her incorrectly. Whatever he does, he shoots her and the gun jams and she falls down the stairs and he says, sorry about that. In the recording. It's amazing. What? Yeah. He says, sorry about that. And then you hear him rustling with the gun. And that's when she's saying, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is when he's rustling with the gun. And then he shoots her, fu- shoots her four more times. And then he says, bitch, bet you thought you were a real pro. So but the first thing he says to her is sorry about that to her. That's- In this like very almost polite way. Yeah. It's really weird. So, Like he the way
0: he didn't want to call the cops.
1: That's exactly in that same vein. So it's very – he's a weird guy. And then the thing that also Dateline left out that I thought was interesting is the 12 minutes, he walked away from Haley and he's like talking and talking. And then all of a sudden, about three minutes later, you hear the sixth shot. That's Haley when she wasn't dead yet. Haley hadn't died. So that so was the clean finishing did, shot. But it was like three or four minutes later. He heard her rustling in the tarp. He had already wrapped her up.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, that was the clean finishing shot. He was putting her out of her misery.
1: That's why you're getting guilty. Because there was no way she was going to harm you at that point. You could have both injured both of these kids coming down the stairs you could have shot them both in the legs and tied them up or incapacitated them somehow and called the police
0: but what if she's obviously gonna die because she's bleeding but she's in yeah. misery and he's a hunter he's gonna put her out yeah. of her misery
1: i guess they didn't really go into a lot of his hunting though the only hunting that they talk about him doing is muskrats it's why they ha- he had this specific kind of rifle that jammed the re- the rifle he was using he used it I think the quote was to shoot muscats on the river. So I'm, the Mississippi River, right? He like shoots out his window. He shoots at muskrats, which made me sad because I think muskrats are kind of cute. Why are you shooting a muskrat?
0: I don't like any hunting, but but hmm.
1: muskrat love. What? If we had so- that song, muskrat love, What? Captain and Tennille. Oh, <gasps> what? Why would they do sing not the song know that
0: about muskrats? It's
1: the weirdest song in the history. You know Captain and Tennille, right? From yeah, the 80s. Yeah, of course. Right. So the weirdest song they have is called Muskrat Love. Two, it's about Danan and Kitty and it's two muskrats falling in love and like rolling around in the dirt doing muskrat love things. And then in this weird bridge part of the song it goes <gasps> No, there's muskrat yeah, it's sounds. Little muskrat noises. Ah! Yeah, it's the best. No, it's so good. Um That's so- Anyways... So, but they they don't talk about drugs when they wrote that. Yeah, they had that's cocaine, right? Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's that's a lot of hairspray and cocaine. So the first. Oh, another thing about Byron is this might change your opinion of him, too. So he went off and spent 20 years in something like the Air Force Reserve or something like that. It was some sort of part of the military. He came back home to live in his family home. He'd lived in that home since he was a little little boy Mm. with his mom. Mmm. So Byron never married and lived he with his Norman mother. He was Norman Bates. She had died three years before this took place.
0: Well, that... She had
1: just died.
0: That falls in perfectly to what I'm picturing about him.
1: It does, right? This yeah. is his family
0: home. He has to defend it no matter what. It's mm-hmm. where mother lived. It's where he mm-hmm. lived with mother.
1: Afterwards, when he's talking to himself, I really wish he had talked about mother. He doesn't. Mother, really are you like, proud Please. of me, mother? Yeah. Mother, Mother, I've I've defended the home. I've saved our home. Yeah, I know. (laughs) No. But he does talk about, which is why I'm surprised that the family stayed in the courtroom to listen to the whole tape, because he does talk about what kind of family would raise vermin like this. He goes, they're vermin. It's a failed social experiment. That's Mm. what he says. I mean, it's really, really cruel. And then he says over and over again, he says, it's just cleaning up a mess. Here, I'm going to read you the exact quote. Also, I think that he just a side note when he says that she laughed at him, he made that up. I think yeah, he heard there's it. no. I think he heard in it that. in his head. He think he heard it in his head. She's laughing at you because you jammed the gun, even though she's crying. So in the thing that he's saying to himself, so the quote is, "I'm not a bleeding heart liberal. I felt like I was cleaning up a mess, not like spilled food, not like vomit, not even like not even like diarrhea." the worst mess possible, and I was stuck with it. In some tiny little respect, in some tiny little respect, I was doing my civic duty. If the law enforcement system couldn't handle it, I had to do it. I had to do it. The law system couldn't handle her, and it fell into my lap, and she dropped her problem in my lap. She threw her own problem in my face, and I had to clean it up. So... Wow. That's all stuff that he's saying, like, whisper, like
0: this. Wow. Saying
1: to himself. So what he's talking about there when he says her, he didn't think that he had shot Haley. He thought that he had shot his neighbor, Ashley. There's this girl, Ashley Williams, a teenage girl who lived next door to him, who he suspected was behind all the break-ins to his house. Him and his buddy, Bill, one of those buddies that they interview, had been kind of watching her, and Bill had seen her wearing... What he thought was one of Byron's army jackets, which had been (gasps) stolen in one of these robberies. And it's a very specific Air Force green fatigues sort of thing with reflective stuff because you're a pilot. Anyways, and so he thought that that girl was Ashley. He -hmm. thought he had shot her. So he didn't even know that he had shot someone else. He wanted to shoot Ashley. Ashley. He, he really had thought about it. so when it he really says really if
0: he when he says the police couldn't handle it, so I have to handle it, had he gone to the police about all these burglaries?
1: So in the police interview, he talks, he's first of all, whoever at the police department's named Jamie. He'd been dealing with Jamie on a first-name basis. Oh, Jamie was
0: dropping the ball.
1: Jamie was – let's put it this way. I bet Jamie was so sick of Byron.
0: Do we think (laughs) that Jamie was like Toby when Dwight goes to complain about Jim and And Toby says, I'm putting it in – I'm sending it in the file to New York, Dwight. But really he just puts it in a box under his desk
1: and never sends it. Yeah, I think Jamie could give two hoots. And so Byron had apparently on the last break in, the detective that's interviewing him asks him, which, by the way, if you can listen to that police interview, it is fascinating because they are both so unbelievably polite. It is Fargo times a thousand. (laughs) They're so polite to each other and talking about the most horrific thing I mean, there's one point where he says, okay, so your gun jams, and then you pull out, okay, so what is that? It's a nine caliber. Is it a revolver? Is it a going back and forth about, oh, is it a nine shot? I've never seen that in a revolver, and they're going back and <laughs> oh, forth. Oh, that's like, a
0: good gun but there. that's
1: also after they've already been talking about the murder. It's not like that, that was at the beginning. Parts of it are just I was, my mouth was open. Anyway, so Byron talks about meeting with Jamie and her turning in typed up reports of exactly what had been stolen, what time they had come, because he was gone at the store from this time to this time, so they must have come in this time. And then also part of me is like, I don't know how much stuff this man had that would be worth these thieves keep coming back and back. We saw, I Well, mean, he
0: never had a wife, and he traveled overseas, and he probably got paid a decent amount, and he wasn't a big spender. And that family had lived there his whole life. So they probably collected a ton of stuff.
1: So why, so why, my question is, are they robbing military jackets? He said, and that's one of the things he says in the interview, he said, well, now I don't want to be sexist. I'm not known to be a sexist, but what was taken was clothing. And if it had been a man, what would have been taken were my tools. And so that was kind of weird. I think any
0: teenager would think it was cool to have a military jacket.
1: I think so, too. I think he's... But also, then you look at the pictures of the basement, and you see this huge flat screen TV. So they're taking things that there was easy access to. The guns must have been in the garage or someplace yes. weird. Something also, like that. Also,
0: there are neighbors around. It's hard to just walk out with a flat screen TV. But you could probably sneak out with some things, stuff under under your coat or in your and backpack. And she
1: had a tote bag. A backpack. The, you, yeah, she had a you little... You put like, in
0: candlesticks and things like that that you can pawn.
1: That's what I think they did with the guns. I think they pawned the guns. The guns, you can get money for it. Mm-hmm. You can sell those to, like, a 20-year-old kid down the street, you know? But anyways, the, all this stuff, you can hear it on Sword and Scale podcast. If you look up com, go to episode 15. That episode is a two-part episode. It's the second half of the episode, but it's almost entirely the the police interview. They just sort of let it run, and you can mm-hmm. listen to it, and it's good quality, and it's it's one of the creepiest things I've I've heard in a while because he's just he whispers the whole time. And then also I he should doesn't...
0: mention you've been drinking something out of a skull shaped mug the whole oh, time. Sorry.
1: I know. I'm sorry. Yet. Yet. I got it, I got it for This audio
0: is the creepiest thing you've ever heard.
1: But then. Oh, but there's one more thing. He does also rehearse the phone call to his friend Bill. Oh. Telling Bill to come over. And and help him because he doesn't ever really contact the sheriff. He has his friend Bill do everything. And in mm-hmm. the interview, he's very clearly very fond of Bill. Mm. He says, well, Bill knows everybody. It's a lot of that <laughs> kind of stuff. I know you would love it. It's really like, hmm. Okay. Ooh,
0: do we think he has a crush on Bill?
1: I think that it's just Bill is his extroverted side. Yes. I think Byron is very much the introvert, and so Bill represents – I think in in Byron's head, Bill is built up to be this man about town. I was
0: just going to say big man on campus. Bill is big man on campus, and he's so proud that that's his friend.
1: And I don't think Bill really is big man on campus. No.
0: I think maybe if he goes into Chili's, they're like, oh, hey, Bill. And then Byron is like, they know him at the Chili's. Exactly.
1: So Byron interprets that into we're going to get a free whatever dessert they serve at Chili's. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So anyways, what do you... I talked forever. I'm sorry. I just had tons of stuff on this one.
0: There was a moment that was very interesting to me, which was kind of a classic Dateline moment, but different. It was classic, but different. Alt classic.
1: Alt classic.
0: Byron's friends, the neighbors, the wife, Mm -hmm. she has a B-roll. But instead of looking at her Folger's coffee, looking out the window, or looking at some photos or a photo album, she's holding a giant red pillar candle and is sort of examining it. And that's, <laughs> that is the B-roll. Literally.
1: Like for Nick packs, Possibly for or...
0: Nick's. Pod, that's okay. very possible. It's the long, maybe Pier 1 candle. And she's kind of just examining it. It's so out of context. Maybe she was decorating for Christmas and they only used the part of her looking at this candle. Is that possible?
1: Was there nothing else in the room they could use?
0: All I see is a candle. I don't see big trees or big streams of lights or anything. She's literally looking at this candle side (gasps) to side. That's the B-roll.
1: I have a theory. It's possible that she could be a home candle maker. (gasps) And, but they yeah. just didn't add it in. They just and didn't say that part. Which she was... thought
0: she was going to get free promotion yeah. out of it. Yeah. Again, full circle, like The Office, Jan's candle making business at home.
1: That is exactly right. You're right.
0: And, sh- and this lady thought, my sales are going to get bumped up after this Dateline episode airs. That's when they see my candles, my cranberry scented candles. <laughs> I'm just assuming it was red. So, yeah, so I was it's either confused.
1: Apple cinnamon or cranberry. for sure. Yeah.
0: Did you have any precious moments? Were you moved by this episode?
1: I felt sad for the family, for sure, of the two kids. But, I mean, I felt sad at the end when the cousin had had a baby. And then they weren't going to meet the baby. That made me sad. It made me really sad for Byron, this lonely old man, Mm -hmm. just worked himself up into a tizzy and then committed this horrible crime. And now instead of living out his golden years in his family home, Mm he has to sit in prison. Jeez.
0: But what a miserable existence he had, not sleeping, being paranoid. Yeah, it's true. Just freaking out. He was living in his own prison. Ooh.
1: Ooh. He had lived
0: in a prison of his own making.
1: He had, and now at least he has structured meals. Yes. Structured time. He can read all he wants. And and some company.
0: Hopefully he can hang out with some other dudes, play cards or something. Exactly. Talk about Korea. I don't know what they talk about. Yeah, they talk about
1: Korea. Yeah. He'd been 20 years overseas.
0: There you go. He might be doing better off in prison.
1: He might. Okay, we're going to put a positive spin on this. It's Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah. I'm thankful that he is in prison.
1: (laughs) I'm not thankful those kids are dead.
0: No, no, that's those sad. kids
1: needed to have a shot at life. And you but make a lot of stupid. You make a lot of stupid choices when you're young.
0: Yes, you do. Your f- cerebral cortex front frontal lobe area is not totally developed, and that's mm-hmm. the part that thinks about consequences of your actions. Mm-hmm. So you do things without totally thinking about it. These things are wrong. Don't do right. them. You could get killed. Because I wouldn't necessarily think if I broke into someone's house, I could get killed. But in Minnesota, I might, they have a lot of guns. And yeah, my mom has had guns. a gun pulled on her in Minnesota. So, oh my gosh.
1: was she breaking she... into a house? Yeah. She was breaking into a house.
0: Don't you remember? She went to visit my cousin, Greg. That's right. And her flight was late and she didn't get until three in the morning. She pulled up to his house. She went into the house. The door was open. She walked up the stairs and she hears someone saying, I have a gun. Who is this? I'll shoot you. And she said, um, I'm looking for my cousin, Greg. Isn't this his house? And the man said, no. She was totally at the wrong house. And the person who owned the house left their front door open because they do that there. But they also had a gun and pulled it on my mom at three in the morning. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, I personally would know that if you go into a house, you could get a gun pulled on you. Just because of your mother. Because, because of my learned, mother's experiences. You've,
1: you've learned lessons from your mom. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah.
0: But when you're a kid, you just think stealing is like a prank. Or you maybe you think stealing from someone's house is the same as stealing lipstick from a mall, but it's not. It's not the just
1: same. Want, look, You just see the end, which is I need money. I don't have money. So if I steal these things, I'm going to get money or I'm going to get stuff that I didn't have before. Yeah, Right.
0: And maybe when he worked for Byron, Byron wasn't that nice to him. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Byron was a jerk. So he was going to – I hope Byron was a jerk because if Byron was a nice boss – then you don't go back and steal from your nice boss's house. Byron but might be. He let those teenagers play their band music in his
1: Yeah, do you feel like that happened maybe one time? Yeah, and maybe using it Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, maybe you're right. When he yeah. volunteered for Boy Scouts, it was like once.
1: Oh, I'm sure he's a Boy Scout. Oh, there's no doubt in my well, mind. Well, they
0: said the neighbor said he used to volunteer with the Boy
1: Scouts. Yeah, that that makes total sense.
0: He would teach them to defend their property.
1: Yes, he would But
0: here earn your badge in Castle protection,
1: or whatever it's called. Castle doctrine. Castle doctrine. I can't doctrine. believe you don't know about this.
0: No, I, I'm telling you. I'm gonna ask the Twitter people. It's always called stand your ground. We'll see. Okay, we will. I'm gonna do a poll. That's fine. We're gonna see who's gonna win. Okay.
1: What do we get if we win?
0: A red pillar candle.
1: Deal. I'm, Under five dollars. Sounds okay.
0: Fun. Did you have an MVP or a loser of this week?
1: Yeah, Dylan. Dylan Is that was the friend? my loser. Dylan was the friend, and you the, know why he was my loser? His he, hair he, no, not his hair in one of his B rolls what's he doing ding, 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 ding. just acoustic guitar. They had to show the kid playing acoustic guitar.
0: He might have been one of the band members. He might green day he wannabe also band. seemed
1: a little judgy. I didn't like I wasn't into him. I, I kind i if you notice I
0: took that part out of the recap because I felt like it was just hearsay. Dylan is the friend. The the, the the son of Byron's good friends, the neighbors. Mm-hmm. He has a shock of bright red hair that is total hipster band. It's swooped over to the max. It's just swoopy and big. It's something to behold, for sure. But he says that Nickel Baby was kind of a bully at school. Is the type of kid who would throw a kid up against a locker. Right. That's pretty damning
1: but i don't know if to believe him
0: yeah Mm -hmm. but i don't know if we do believe him i would need more evidence of that obviously that's not how the sister and the mom describe him but families are in denial all the time about the behavior of their kids so we really don't know who to believe did you have any fashion please wait did you have any
1: mvp or loser
0: Oh, well, just, I really hate the nickname Nickel Baby. So if I can work that in somehow, Nickel Baby, I just hated it so much. Does
1: it make it better that I kind of made it into a song? No. Well, it's for, it's to the tune of Santa Baby? No, that's worse. Nickel Baby. That's way please worse. Please scurry through the window for me. Is that good? No. It's about robbing.
0: <laughs> it's about what? Robbing. It's about robbing?
1: Nickel Pick baby. up
0: a gold candlestick and some change,
1: and it was a my flat dog. screen
0: TV. I'm taking it over.
1: Okay, wow. Let's keep going. I took
0: it over. Um, I just did not. Okay, alternate theories. I think we pretty much know what happens. Fashion police. I really only had Dylan's hair. Was Dylan's just hair. Oh was boy. a lot. I did make an exclamation when I saw it. I kind of went, <gasps> "Oh my goodness!" Oh. So so.
1: There wasn't a lot of fashion police in this one. I'm No. I'm, I mean, it's Minnesota. It seems about right. Pretty standard fare. Nothing out of the ordinary nothing out of the, the hair. Ordinary.
0: Okay. Do you have any better titles?
1: Yeah, I've got a few. Do you have any?
0: Yeah, mine aren't that good. Let's go. The Deer Hunter. They called him. They said it was like he was hunting deer. Mm-hmm. And it's a movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really okay. So you stole um, the title. Yeah. Stop saying nickel baby. <laughs> nickel
1: Minnesota, baby. <laughs> Minnesota,
0: the land of ten thousand lakes and an equal amount of crazy old white men.
1: Oh, all right.
0: Why is Haley spelled like that?
1: Oh my Just... god!
0: And then thanks killing.
1: Oh, what? That's yeah. already a movie too. But still, it good is job. I'm proud of Thanksgiving. Is this, is
0: it a movie? Thank, damn it. It
1: is, but I am still writing it down. Damn it. I wrote it down. It's really good.
0: Okay. What are yours?
1: Okay. I've got Home Alone Murder Edition. I don't know why. You I've know got, what's funny
0: about that is huh? I was thinking a lot about creepy basements yeah. because he's in the basement and the yeah, scene what, that from Home Alone kept yeah. popping into my head with the furnace.
1: That's funny. <laughs> I love okay. it.
0: Wait, but you weren't doing the Home Alone because he's kind of catching burglars that are sneaking into his house, just like I did Kevin it for, McAllister? I did it for
1: 10 different reasons. It reminded me of Home Alone a bunch. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If only he had somehow managed to do an iron to the face.
1: If only he maybe just didn't shoot to kill. If he'd just shoot to maim. Again, I'm frustrated by this.
0: Or you put little army men and Legos on the floor. It hurts them. Mm-hmm. And then you drip honey on them and then some feathers. It's a little sticky. Yeah. Hard to clean up after.
1: I really like Thanksgiving. Okay. Did you get my Minnesota Hailstorm? I thought you'd like it. I wrote that one for you.
0: Oh, because of her name. Because of her name. I love it.
1: And then I have, oh, oh, rest ye many troubled youths. I don't know. I got on a song kick and I couldn't get off it. That sounds more Christmassy. It totally is. I don't, I'm skipping. I skipped. And then I have, get off my lawn in real life. There That's you go. What I had.
0: Thank there <laughs> get thank off you.
1: my lawn, IRL. Yeah.
0: What justice. about Grumpy Old Men Three?
1: Grumpiest old men.
0: Yes, D- Grumpy Old Men Tokyo Drift.
1: Grumpy old men miss on the Mississippi. Minnesota.
0: The first two Grumpy Old Men's take place in Minnesota, so it would be what you said, the gr- grumpiest, grumpiest old men. old
1: men, grumpiest old men.
0: Yeah, Two grumpy, two. Too grumpy to quit. Is that what (laughs) you're trying to say? (laughs) Tokyo Drift.
1: Why do you keep wanting to keep saying Tokyo Drift? It's not. They're not in cars at all. I know, but
0: that's just what you say when it's a sequel.
1: Is it? I like it.
0: Yeah, Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. That's what you call like number four or five.
1: Yeah, but did you just make that up? That that's what you say if it's a sequel. No, I've heard people make that joke before. Home Alone Three Tokyo Drift. No,
0: people make that joke a lot.
1: Oh, I like it. Oh, it's a good joke. I just am not hip to it. I know. I'm not a young thieving. Okay, I I'm done. That's it. That's all I'm going <laughs> to say.
0: I got my voicemail to play. Do you want me to play some voicemails?
1: Yeah, I do. Let's hear some Minnesota voicemails. Okay. Yeah. This is my cousin, Greg. Okay. Oh,
0: hello, Miss Kimberly. A happy birthday to you. It's your cousin it's calling. Your long-lost cousin Minneapolis. So, anyway, we will see you this uh, next week. And I, I hope you're having a good birthday.
1: And we will be talking to you soon. Okay? Bye-bye. Okay. Here, That's wait. That's wonderful. This is my aunt, Sandy. That is everything I wanted it to be.
0: Honey, it's your Auntie Sandy calling. I just wanted you to know that I'm thinking about you, honey. You don't have to call me back, honey. I did get your wonderful note. It came in the mail just today. Okay, honey, take care of yourself. Okay, bye, bye. Oh my gosh! Um, and the final from my yep. birthday yes, this please. past year, yes, please, was it also them? from my aunt Sandy.
1: Okay, I'm ready.
0: Kimberly, this is your auntie Sandy calling you, honey, to wish you a happy birthday. I hope you're having a good day. Happy, happy birthday! Okay, honey, love.
1: Bye-bye. Can we have your aunt Kathy on the show, Sandy? Sandy, can we have Aunt Sandy on the show? Yeah. Auntie Sandy, sure, sure. Yeah, it's so thick. I wish that their accents in this episode have been a little thicker.
0: I know, and that you no know, people think they're faking it. That those are their real accents. Mm-mm. That is legitimately how they talk.
1: I'm so jealous. Yeah, I know. I know. Because I really feel like they're wishing you a happy birthday. It's not an obligatory call. She really wants you to have a happy birthday. And eat some bars. She wants you to have it. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Yeah, it's good. I um, hope people will go and watch this episode now that we've covered it for our very yeah. special Thanksgiving episode in which we learn nothing other than don't go into a house in Minnesota that's the wrong house because you might get shot.
0: That's something. That is something. It's,
1: it is something. So that that's might good. save a
0: life. Don't yeah. say that it's nothing. Okay. We could have saved a life just now.
1: All right. Well, there we go.
0: We're heroes. Not all <laughs> heroes wear capes. So um, we didn't have Twitter, obviously, because this is a repeat, but there was a winning tweet of the week I wanted to mention from at MKL2132. We were talking about burner phones from last week's episode and how they texted each other the coordinates of where they had dug the grave, Yeah, which is just so dumb. So dumb. And uh, MKL 2132 said burner phones are too complicated for most of these killers because they never remember to get a burner phone for the other person too. the burner company should just sell them in pairs. And I thought that's a million dollar idea if I've ever heard one, because how many datelines have we seen where they were getting texts from a burner phone or texting to calling a burner phone? But they never have a burner phone. You need to have two burner phones for it to work. He or she, I don't know, should go on Shark Tank with that idea.
1: But this because... is also the only reason you're creating that is to have an affair. Right. Or to kill someone. But why else do things... people use
0: burner phones?
1: You're right. So I guess the very existence, might as well sell them in a pair. It's already a scandalous exactly. product. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Also, okay. I like that they said the burner company. I don't think it's a, there's a burner company. I think they're called burner phones. There's a company called Track Phones which I believe is a brand of burner phones.
1: Do you want to make our own brand and call it secrets? <laughs> but it has to be whispered. <laughs> say it. So weird. We could it's, do it. Just no, whispered secrets so and then maybe a little right exclamation now. point, all no, in lowercase cursive. You know that,
0: that commercial for that New Island's vacation spot? And it's called Secrets.
1: It's called Secrets or Sandals? What are you talking about? Oh, there is? It's
0: like sandals, but it's basically for having an affair. That's what they imply. (gasps) Because they ask people, like, where are you going on vacation? And they won't tell them. And then they whisper to each other they're going to Secrets.
1: (laughs) That is our goal. And it's called Secrets. Okay. Our goal from now until 2020 you and i are going to secrets and we're going to see what it's <laughs> Wait, all the about. The two of us? Yeah, the two of us. Maybe undercover? there's a, a singles weekend or something and we'll go undercover. But you're married. Well, it's a, undercover, I'll be fine. Good. Well, I mean maybe I won't be fine because apparently everyone there just wants to have affairs. So I this think is a so. Disaster. Secrets. Okay, yeah. if any of our listeners have been or know anything about Secrets the Secret Island, please yeah. Give us all the dirt because that's fascinating. And, and there is I don't going know to be why a date line able line that takes find... place there.
0: <laughs> I'm not being I'm not seeing anything online about it, but I know because I've seen the secret. commercials.
1: Because it's a secret. <laughs>
0: it's it's so secretive. They will have commercials about it, but they won't put on the internet
1: maybe when you first turn on your burner phone for the first <laughs> time but it's your backdrop that
0: would be hilarious you get your burner phone you turn it on it's like
1: and then there's thank like a you for your interest number. in yeah. secrets you've been given a 30 percent discount with for the purchase of this burner phone Chris okay Island. here it
0: is are you ready yeah i'm ready what? for secrets resorts and spa okay uh-huh. unlimited luxury for all adult romance
1: All-inclusive adult romance. Deep
0: dive into a romantic retreat at Secrets Resorts and Spa, where adults escape the everyday amid the natural allure of the Caribbean. We've redefined the all-inclusive experience with Ah. unlimited luxury. And unsurpassed personal service are yours as often as you desire.
1: Okay. Does it? Say what dis- does that mean? Wait. Does it say discreet anywhere in the description? Um, does it say embark?
0: Discreet? Embark on your secluded getaway okay, in secluded. some of the most coveted locations in the world and discover the unique sophistication found only at a secrets resort. I don't see discreet, but that's basically what they're implying.
1: It is what they're implying. Yeah. Oh my god.
0: I can't believe you haven't seen the ads. They're really funny.
1: I'm the They're, happiest person alive. This is wonderful.
0: You guys, you and your hubby should go to secrets. I'd like to book a package to secret secrets. Secrets. That's what you have to say when you're when you're going. <gasps> but is it secrets upon Resort. If I go? Secrets resorts cure your need for the beach. What the hell does that mean?
1: Ew. Also if yeah, that sounds like you have a disease.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: called sand crabs. So, here's my if I call and book for my husband and I is it going to be frowned upon? Like can we not get as nice of a package because oh, they're married? I think
0: they a- they want se- secret lovers only. So, they would either insist that maybe your marriage was frowned upon by people in your family or there was some kind of intrigue for you to allow be allowed to be there, I think. Right.
1: I haven't changed my last name yet, so we can pretend scandalous. to be secret. What if we all three go together? That seems <gasps> scandalous. See,
0: wolf Wolfpack.
1: <laughs> wolf Does the wolf pack know about Secrets Resort?
0: I think they've been. I think they've definitely basked in unlimited luxury as Ew. often as you desire.
1: Do you want to bask with the wolf pack in personal, des- in personal, whatever luxury, luxurious desires? Might I liked be... Kelly
0: what? fall into savings at Secrets Resorts and Spas. So now they're basically doing the same promos as like a mattress store, but it's, it's yeah. for Secrets Resorts.
1: But it's for Secrets.
0: <gasps> fourth room free at Secrets Resorts. What does that mean? You get three rooms and then you get a fourth room free. So that's it's for, for your whole pack. orgy. Yeah, that's for the whole wolf It's pack. for your yeah. whole wolf They're pack. all going. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh my yep. gosh.
0: We get it. Okay. Um, yeah, Are we, we done understand here? what's happening. Yep, pretty much. We want to say there's news. We signed up to go to <gasps> CrimeCon this year. What, what, what? It's in Nashville, and it's May 5th through the 7th, I think. And mm-hmm. we're going to be there. We're going. It's going to be awesome. Come and say hi to us.
1: Yeah. Also, we, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, <laughs> giving. <laughs> taking
0: mostly. Us Ta- taking. Mostly you, taking. You giving us taking.
1: You giving us taking. If you are so inclined and like what you hear and want us to keep it up or want us to do a spin off podcast or want us to do more episodes, any of those things, we've set up a donation link. So if you want to donate to us, you can. Of course, there's no pressure. I'm a real salesman. Maybe you should take this. I'm real bad. <laughs>
0: There's a little pressure. We're going to keep doing it, but we won't do it as well unless you donate. That's (laughs)
1: horrible. (laughs) No,
0: we're going to keep doing it because we love doing it, but it's not free to do. So if you have a few bucks to give, uh, we would love it, and we will hopefully keep entertaining you about all things murder and bad hair.
1: And we will be thanking you on air if you give. Unless, of course, you don't want us to. But we would love to call out anybody who donates, so... Thank yes. you in advance and also no hard feelings if you if you don't.
0: And subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. That's what really makes a difference. And
1: it, it really does. We're almost to 50 reviews, guys. So leave us Woo-hoo. those reviews. We love them and we love to hear what you have to say. So thank you.
0: Thank you. Uh don't watch alone. Watch with your gun and your red pillar candle in your creepy basement.
1: <laughs> watch it. Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving.
0: Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Happy Happy Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, brother.